0: All right. Who's pitching tonight? Oh, yeah. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. And I've just finished my fifth full season as a podcaster here. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, and I'm looking forward to another terrific off season and season number six, which is going to start in oh a few months. Hey, uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and a quick reminder that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, this is you know, I'm very happy the Rangers won. No offense, Miller, you know, uh Miller Thomas everyone who are big Diamondback fans. The Diamondbacks are a great story. I like those moments that are the generational moments, as I had Bryce on the other day. You just saw how uh, just overwhelmed he was that the Rangers won the World Series. And by the way, that was the answer to the trivia question, which Texas-based team won the World Series in 2023? And the answer, as correctly said by John Murphy Jr. and by Coffee Chess Repeat, Texas Rangers one and for Ranger fans, man, I, I know what you did all day today. You, Your Bryce, uh, Morgan Price, Andy Albee, all these people I know who are diehard Texas Ranger fans, you know, my friend Jamie, all these people who are just grew up with the Rangers. I know what you did all day. You watched the clip all day. I get it. it and 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 keep doing it. You're going to be doing it right until first pitch and maybe beyond first pitch of next year. I'm not sure when the parade is for the Rangers, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous occasion. And we just, you know, the the postseason's now over. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the aftermath of this postseason uh, and kind of our, th- you know, we can now sort of take a look at, was it a, you know, if you're a Ranger fan, was it a great postseason? It was phenomenal. If you're a Diamondbacks fan, it was phenomenal. Uh, Um, for someone who didn't really have a dog in this fight this year, uh, as a fan who just wanted to see great baseball, it was okay. It was okay. It was, uh, oh, I don't know how it was. It was the Avengers age of Ultron. It was, um, for your eyes only. Those are like, uh. Age of Ultron is an eh, okay Marvel film with a couple of good moments. Eyes uh, Only is an okay James Bond film, not great. It, there's some bad Bond films, there's some bad Marvel films. It was fine. It had some nice moments. The first, the the, the Wild Card series was a bust. Uh, the Division series, for the most part, was a bust. Uh, there was not, I mean, there were a couple of individual games over there, but there was a lot of drama and there was a lot of games where a team scores early holds on and wins. And that's my least favorite type of game. The league championship series gave us a couple of really great games the walk off victory by the diamondbacks, the Altuve home run the come from behind victories and the, the Rangers winning that wild game six of which the final score was um, uh, deceptive. Uh, game seven of the NLCS between Arizona and uh, Philadelphia was that was a very good game. I wouldn't quite call it a great game. If Schwarber came up as the tying run, uh, then I probably would have called it a great game. Um, the first game of the World Series was a great. That was a that was that was a terrific opening act. I've seen better. There obviously have been better game ones, but it was a, it was a really thrilling opening act. Game two blowout. Game three was exciting. Game four blowout, and then last night, um, you know, it was one nothing going into the ninth. The you know the Rangers pulled ahead, and so there wasn't a lot of suspense in the ninth. But that it, it was a good game. It wasn't great. I don't know if there was a legitimately great game. The closest thing I think we had to a great game was the uh, Braves' lone victory against Philadelphia. And uh, game one of the World Series. I don't know if there's a smattering of good games, um, but not that classic. And, you know, I say there's some years when I look back, like 2012 was a year, the first year I did a podcast. Uh, all of the division series, all four of the division series went the distance, and they were all super dramatic. Uh, there have been some years where both league championship series i think this year was a year where both league championship series were good but you've had years where both league championship series were like jaw-dropping you know chewing your fingernails and of course there have been epic world series that we've had um you know oddly i mean and you've had games that i think are underrated like i think the game seven between washington and houston in tw- in 2019 was a legitimately fantastic game because the Astros were in complete control until the 7th, and then the, the Nats took control after that. Um, I think a lot of times you're going to need some distance to see how a series plays out. But the, the, I don't know. The, the fact that the there this postseason was lacking uh, some of those great classic games, I think we'll come back to... to um i mean who knows the, the series is only a day old at this point but look at a bad post It wasn't a bad postseason it just was lacking that that giant epic um and so that was a little a little disappointing but of course if you're a ranger fan you couldn't possibly care less um it's interesting i do the who owns uh, october and who owns the world series uh, where I keep track of the best performers in October and in uh, and for the World Series itself. World Series was kind of two. No one really led the MVP of that. Corey Seager got two. Semyon got two. Yavaldi, Gray, Heaney, Merrill Kelly, Jose Leclerc, They all got one. So no one really, no one really dominated uh, the World Series tally. But two, there were two clear winners. In terms of my tallies for the hitter who had the best October and the pitcher with the best October. And it's hard to argue with it. The hitter with the highest total turned out to be Cattell Marte of the Diamondbacks, who finished with a score of four. And the pitcher with the highest wound October score was Nathan Ovaldi, whose final tally was five. And I think if you was if you said the MVP of the postseason would Cattell Marte and Nathaniel, I think you'd be uh, I think you'd be fine to pick that. Uh, it's funny because I have here the tally of all the different players who led individual games in this postseason, and you'll see people like um, J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers, George Springer of the Blue Jays, Christian Yelich of the Brewers, Randy Arozarena of the Rays, um, uh, Brazzaban of the Marlins. I bet you forgot some of those teams were even in the postseason. But um, this was the Rangers year. This was the Rangers year. And you know, time will tell. I think one of the things that will will improve the standing of this series and this postseason would be if Arizona starts to that they're not a flash in the pan and that Texas is not a flash in the pan. and that this becomes uh, compounded, with other championships like the like the 1999 world series between the yankees and the braves was kind of a dud it was a sweep there was there was a couple of good games there was the walk-off home run by chad curtis but as the most part it was kind of a dud of a world series you know when the the red sox swept the rockies there were two exciting games but that was a dud of a world series if you're i mean as a red sox fan i loved it but the rockies fan you know, it was frustrating for everyone else. It was, you knew it was over after the first game. So, but those championships gained stature in retrospect because of how they combined the 99 series added to the legacy of that Yankee team. 2007 title added to the legacy of that Boston team. If the Rangers win again, or if the Diamondbacks go on a run, both of them could point to this year as part of a great legacy. So we'll see, you know, you, history and appreciation of certain teams need to have some time to go with it. There's the immediate, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, the immediate gratification and there is, uh, there's what happens with a little bit of distance. But I think that the rest of baseball could learn a couple of things from the two participants in this year's World Series. By the way, there's some specific things about the fast turnaround and the mentality that they had going towards winning this their, their respective pennants that I think would go a long way, especially for a couple of teams, one that's already very good. And the other just that blew an epic, epic chance. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. A couple of years ago, 2021, it was an innocent time. Biden was president. I was the host of the Lockdown MLB podcast show, and I was recording it in this room. It was a long time ago, 2021. And the Arizona Diamondbacks were a 100-loss team. Actually, they are more than 100-loss team. The Texas Rangers were a 100-loss team both teams stunk both teams looked dead from the neck up and arizona was playing in a division where you had two teams that won 100 games the giants just won 107 ball games los angeles the defending world series champion won 106 ball games yikes with a capital yikes and san diego was in the process of trying to cobbled together a bunch of superstars and after that 2021 20, season which was a great disappointment for san diego they brought in bob melvin to be the manager one of the best managers in baseball was taking over a star-studded san diego ball club where could arizona go a hundred some odd lost team sharing a division with with 200 win teams and a, a ball club that seemed that it was about to explode into contention i mean they could just turn to their fans and go like uh this is going to be a rough 10 years meanwhile the texas rangers who were in a division with the eventual america league champion houston astros an up-and-coming uh seattle mariners ball club An A's team that had won the division during the COVID year and was a regular in the postseason and was a postseason contender until late in the season. And, oh, yeah, a team in Anaheim that had the two best players in baseball. What hope did the Texas Rangers have? Well, we learned a couple of things as those two teams flipped the script and met in the World Series in two years. Two years. And in that, in that period of time, there was no pennant in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Anaheim, San Diego, uh, Seattle. All these teams that look like they're about to explode. These two teams were the ones that actually won the pennant. What can we specifically learn if you're a rebuilding team from this? Or a team that has high hopes? Um, and it could be at this point, any team. Because if you can go to 100 losses in 2021 to the World Series in 2023, then we have demonstrated that there is a route to that big turnaround. I'm looking at you angels who couldn't put a winning product on the field with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the club at the same time. I'm looking at you teams that just shrug and say, oh, what can we do? We're in a rough situation in our division. What, did we, what could we learn from what the Rangers did? I'll tell you what we could learn. If you have a chance to improve your team, do it. If you have a chance to put a star on your team, you do it. If you have a chance to change the culture by saying, hey, do you want, we're going to make a big acquisition right now, do it. I was one of the ones who criticized the Rangers for signing Corey Seeger and signing Marcus Simeon. I said, "Like you're not two players away. I thought Corey Seager made sense in New York or, you know, with the, with either the Yankees or the Mets or several other teams where he would have made sense signing with. I thought, you know, oh, they signed with the Rangers for the Big Dough. And I I probably, you know, got on them saying, you're not two players away. You weren't. They weren't two players away. But suddenly, by securing the middle of their infield with two unique MVP caliber players... Maybe it just changed the direction. Maybe it changed the focus. Maybe it changed the mentality of the team. We're like, oh, okay. You're willing to make the team better. If you have a chance to make the team better, make them better. And if you have a chance to make your team better by bringing in a Hall of Fame caliber manager, please consider it. Now, I may be sounding hypocritical because I got all over the White Sox for dusting off the late Tony LaRussa to manage the team in 2021. But this situation was different. This was a situation that Bochi wasn't an, an entire decade removed from the game. And Bochi has a mentality and attitude as a manager. It's different from LaRussa and more adaptive than LaRussa. And you got this sense in the time when he was managing the Giants and sometimes with very complicated personalities on the team, was able to be that not-too-high, not-too-low calming influence he was in San Francisco and earlier in his career in San Diego. If you have a chance to improve your team, do it. Because there could be a chain reaction of events. And sometimes, some of the moves they made, obviously signing Jacob deGrom, who when healthy is not one of the best pitchers of baseball, but is the best pitcher in baseball. I criticized that move in one sense because I well, I knew he wasn't going to be a workhorse ace for the Rangers. And a lot of Ranger fans got on me for that. And I turned out to be correct. But here's the deal. The ripple effect of that was faith in the team and acquiring other pitchers to fit in. Now it's funny they signed two, or or they acquired two giant aces from the Mets, which was you know uh, Degrom and Scherzer. It was Uvaldi who turned into the star. Uh, I was wrong on some of these things. I was wrong. I was I criticized the Uvaldi sign because I thought, again, he was too injury prone for this club. However, as it turned out, the ripple effect worked. And I was wrong about some things regarding the Rangers. If you have a chance to make the team better, do it, which is one reason why I don't besmirch what happened to the Mets and what happened to the P- Padres. I won't get on those two franchises. They tried. It didn't work. Granted, the Mets were a 100-win team in 2022, and the Padres were three wins away from the World Series in 2022. So this a very different narrative could have happened with a bounce here or a bounce there. But that's not the point. I'm not, I will not begrudge a team for going for it. I won't begrudge a team for, for giving it its best shot, even if it doesn't work. The Potteries may dismantle the team. The Mets started to dismantle the team. I think the Mets did an intelligent thing. But if you have a chance to go for it, go for it. Because if it does work, va Now, what did we learn from the Diamondbacks? We learned a very different lesson. I got into a big back and forth with a bunch of Baltimore fans, say that three times fast, about when they hoarded all their prospects during the trade deadline. There's a team that had a shot to go to the World Series this year, had a shot to be a pennant winner this year. And they had glaring obvious holes on their team, tons of prospects to fill the holes. And even though the Orioles are not big spenders, they are they were ahead of the game with a bunch of things like an eclipse lining up of saying, the Yankees and Red Sox are bad. The division is suddenly winnable. They have a chance to be a legitimate pennant contender and win that first pennant since Ronald Reagan was president and turn around the culture of the Baltimore Orioles. And it's happening a couple of years ahead of schedule. So let's loosen the, the the grip on some of these young players, improve your pitching staff, and go for it. And one of the things I heard from several Orioles. And I and I made the point that uh, they kept all their prospects. They all better come through because they wasted the chance to improve this year for a phantom pennant down the line. As the Chicago White Sox have showed us things can turn around it from good to bad like that. But the, refrain i got from several Oriole fans were well the orioles have to have these prospects because they can't afford to make a mistake they can't afford to make a big splash and have it fail a team like the red sox or the dodgers or the yankees or the mets can absorb a bad move but we can't because the orioles are poor because their billionaire owner is poor. I they, they, There was something that didn't jive with me on that. But we have seen that that's not the case. Diamondbacks are a relatively low budget team, supposedly not with the deepest pockets in this, that, or the other thing. And they were able to absorb a massive trade that backfired and a huge free agent signing that turned into a bust. The back, the if you had told me a couple of years ago that the Arizona Diamondbacks would be the 2023 National League Champion, I would assume these two things were true. Madison Bumgarner became the massive ace that they needed and led them to the promised land. And the trade of Paul Goldschmidt turned into a gold mine. Neither happened. The trade for Goldschmidt was a bust. The Carson Kellys, the Luke Weavers, they weren't big members of the this particular squad that won the pennant. And the highest paid player that the Diamondbacks had this year was Bumgarner, who got DFA'd in the spring. He wasn't even on the team by mid-May. And so they they whiffed in trading their franchise player away. They whiffed on a big free agent signing and yet still managed to win a pennant still managed to make some good moves still managed to put, be able to put the team together and put in everyday major leaguers like you know Tommy Pham to be able to fit in and to be able to keep the Cattell Martes around and allow for the Christian Walkers and allow for the Alec Thomases and the Corbin Carrolls to gel and become a good team even if Luke Weaver and Kelly didn't, uh, didn't turn out to be who they thought they would be. You know, and wait, did I get one of those things wrong? Hold on. I, 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 am I remembering the, 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 the Goldschmidt trade? And by the way, the, the, the Goldschmidt is on the Cardinals in dead last place. And they're probably going to trade him away, but wait, they got, uh, I'm doing some of this from memory. So let me go to BaseballReference.com reference.com. single am website so in the history of the planet earth. And uh, Carson Kelly. Um, okay, yeah, I was correct. It was Carson Kelly who they got in the in the deal, and you know he was not a, a factor. And Luke Weaver, and Andrew Young. Okay, Andrew Young was the other one I I knew there was one other player in the trade that was Andrew Young, who hasn't played in the major league since 2021. I wonder why I forgot. So these two lessons should go hand in hand with teams that are looking to contend in 2024 and beyond. Always try to make your team better, and even if you're a supposedly low-budget team, you can still absorb a mistake, because if it pans out, you have a generational moment. I'm going to go over the next bunch of days, some of the managerial merry-go-round, um, but you're going to see, you know, the, there's some managerial moves that to me uh, are, are absolute no-brainers. Mike Schilt is on the payroll for the uh, San Diego Padres, and he's a former National League Manager of the Year. Uh, why doesn't he just fill right in for Bob Melvin's old job? Uh, Joe Espada has been, people have been salivating over Joe Spada as a potential manager, as he has been a bench coach for the Astros for many years. With Dusty stepping down and the Astros still a, a very, very good ball club, just hand the car keys to Joe Espada. I and mean, it would be, the, that to me is the easiest transition in the world. Now, uh, you know, Francona stepping down from Cleveland, I think you hand the car keys to Sandy Alomar Jr., beloved Cleveland manager who was an interim manager at one point, or beloved Cleveland all-star. I have a feeling there'll be some person who I've never heard of to be filled in that role. Um, And maybe counsel of the Brewers that he's being heavily courted to become the new Mets manager. You know, give him a shot. I mean, I think the Brewers would be crazy to let him go but I have a feeling it's going to happen. Uh, If that happens and I'm the Brewers, I hire Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter has been manager of the year with the Yankees, with the Rangers, uh, I believe with Baltimore. I know with the Mets, he was a manager of the year. The, the, The last time he was manager, you have to go all the way back to 2022. He didn't suddenly get dumb and the Brewers are a good team and teams tend to play well with Buck Showalter as their manager. Um so there you go. I that's you know Melvin signing with the Giants has made all the sense of the world. Um and of course the Angels need a new manager and you know me, I am always the first to scream about Bruce Bochy's lieutenant's and take your drink, but we're showing having Bruce Bochy involved with your team is not a bad thing. And the Angels who are going to lose Shohei, we all know that I have a better chance of signing with the Angels than Shohei. But they have Mike Trout and Mike Trout is hasn't been healthy and Mike Trouty for a little bit. And I hope we're not in the back nine of his career. But we need to see him in a World Series. And maybe they can start thinking the way the Rangers did. When they turn 100 wins into a World Series championship in two years. There's no excuse, Angels. None. Zero. You got to have your superstar in the postseason. Take a shot. And who's going to manage that team? <sighs> that organization just seems so dysfunctional. Um, And they'll probably retread somebody. Maybe Showalter will end up there. I don't know. It is interesting that Joe Madden is still floating out there. And he went from... Our answer to Earl Weaver to persona non grata as a manager in just a couple of years, I do think that's very very strange, and I do think that sometimes you bring in a manager with experience who's hungry to show that yeah I'm re- really I'm pretty good. Maybe Cleveland, and then Joe Madden can try to be joined Bruce Bochy as someone who won a World Series and then joined the team he beat and won a World Series with them. Kind of like Bochi beat the Rangers in 2010 and took them to the promised land in 2023. I don't know, neither do you, but you're going to see a lot of interesting things happen with the managerial merry-go-round, which brings us to today's trivia question. And it's a simple one. What is the only Major League team to have never had a manager win manager of the year there's only one only one franchise has never had a manager of the year and so write that down on YouTube um locked on MLB pods on Twitter and Instagram I'm your pal Soli, with Slime baseball on Twitter solid baseball podcast on Instagram Um, I'm going to be taking the weekend off. We're going to be back, still doing five shows a week. This is the first one of the off season. This has been Locked On MLB for the third day of November, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Easy for you to say. Please call me Sully.